the trade deadline is right around the corner next week, actually, and the Pittsburgh Pirates probably have a plan, but is there a lot to that plan? We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates, brought to you by Sleeper. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's going to be a double episode Monday. Of course, Gary gets first priority here on the the double episodes. I had to tell Javi Reyes over there at Locked On Padres that he has to wait until later in the day to record a crossover with me because there's a special guest that comes on the show every Monday, and his name is Gary Morgan. He obliged. Uh, and you guys are going to love me and Javi's episodes. You guys always do. I think the last crossover we did was talking about Brian Reynolds being potentially traded to the Padres, and it was one of my highest viewed episodes ever. But I also said that it was made for kids, so none of you could comment on it for some reason. So that was fun. Uh, great start to the Pirates podcast today. Also, some other Ethan news. I will be at Locked on Rockies this week. Uh, host Paul Holden has to go take care of some things. So Sully Baseball over at Locked on MLB and myself were kind of helping him out with some episodes. So if for whatever reason you want to come listen to whatever the Colorado Rockies are doing, uh, come and hear that on Thursday. That'll be fun alongside our episode with Craig that we usually have on Thursdays. But with today's business, the trade deadline is technically a week away. Uh, It's technically Tuesday, but... Most of the deals, I think, that are going to happen are going to happen before that deadline usually happens on Tuesday. That's just how baseball kind of goes. It's not like the NBA trade deadline where there's like a million moves either. And we spoke about it a little bit before we hit record today, Gary, that it just doesn't feel like past years for this Pirates team when they would be selling. Because albeit at this point, the, the decline in the, as what some people would call it, collapse of this team has happened they are not in a position to buy but they're not even really in a position to sell either because there just really aren't pieces there but what are the pieces there gary that you could realistically see on the move i mean you have to start at first base g-man Choi and and carlos santana um g-man Choi hasn't really played a lot this year but i think he's shown that the bat's professional he can take some good at-bats for you. He's even got some sneaky power that he's showing. In, in very limited time, he's hit five home runs. So I think you could probably see significant interest for him. Carlos Santana can certainly play the position. He can certainly DH. He gives you a right and a left option. I think a lot of people will find that attractive. And he's a veteran with a track record. And he's got a track record of infusing energy as soon as he gets moved. Um, Mm -hmm. so I could definitely see somebody trying to come in and take him. Uh, neither of them are under team control next year. They both of course could be brought back should they want to pursue them in free agency, but there's nothing left. Rich Hill, of course, is going to be a name I think on a lot of people's lips. Um, 
I know we look at the ERA and think that he's not very good, but he will probably return something worthwhile um, if you're mm-hmm. looking for a, wor- a worthy return. I think mostly at the trade deadline, though, it needs to be about making room for people. And at first base, my quandary is I don't think they have anybody waiting in the wings to take over that spot. And even though Andy's capable, I'm not sure that they're looking to move him off of the catching position right now. So Connor Joe would probably take those overflow at bats. I would imagine it at, at first base. Yeah. And I agree. This one's 100%. tough, Ethan. It really mm-hmm. is. Cause pitching is no different. You trade rich Hill. I'm afraid of getting through the season innings wise and not having to do something stupid with the Jared Jones or, even an Anthony Solomedo or Kyle Nicholas, somebody like that. Yeah, and I think that's the real quandary here, Gary, is the fact that, yeah, they should trade Rich Hill. It makes sense from the standpoint that you want to get something back for him. But then you look at the amount of games and the amount of innings that they still have to pitch. I mean, we just saw him pitch a bullpen game over the weekend because of not having certain guys ready and guys still figuring it out. Now, obviously, Luis Ortiz working in AAA, Rolando Contreras down there at the FCL, you know, all kinds of stuff is going on with this pitching staff. And it would be a ton easier decision were it not for the injuries of a lot of the pitching staff, which I think has finally caught up to them and been one of the biggest reasons why they've been on this long losing tirade in the first place. I agree with you on the Santana and Choi thing. I think those guys obviously help whatever team they go to. You spoke on Santana bringing immediate energy. He did it last year in Seattle and helped them push for their first playoff appearance in 20 years. G-Man Choi, left side of the plate, he can hit both left-handed and right-handed pitching. That's going to be attractive to teams. I've even brought up the occasional bullpen arm. Like just there's always that like one bullpen arm for some reason that gets traded from a team that like has no business getting traded there for whatever reason. I don't know if that happens this year though, just because the Pirates bullpen is under a lot of team control. If I'm not mistaken, I mean I couldn't really name a guy in the bullpen right now that's not under team control for longer than a couple years. There isn't uh, really one right so now. I, Yeah, and I don't think you want to move off of any of those guys either for the same reason you don't really want to just move on from a lot of your starting pitching just because you don't really have anything. Um, And I would still say, Gary, it's something we kept saying all year, I would not be mad if they go out and pursue a back-of-the-rotation starter kind of guy. It would not – I still wouldn't be mad about it even in this current state just to one, get through the season, and two, maybe you get lucky with who you pick up. Yeah, I wouldn't hate it either, Ethan. I just don't think that it's going to be there. I think what the expanded playoffs has done is it's created a muddled mess at at the deadline. There's there's so many teams that think they have some kind of claim to, to something, and the worst divisions in baseball, the AL Central and the NL Central, in particular, even the, the the teams that are like right now five, six, seven games out of it, it's going to be tough for them to just go, yeah, yeah, we're we're done, because they they aren't anywhere near competing for a wild card. But that doesn't mean they're not close mm-hmm. enough to like consider maybe stealing this division. 
I will say the Brewers are probably the best position to do something about adding and, and really like moving somewhere. The Reds, if you ask me, would be wise to just shut their mouths and sit there and enjoy their youth movement and leave it there and, and see what happens because I think they're, they're doing such a great job growing together. I wouldn't mess with it. No. Um, and I think they have more than enough young pitching that I'm not sure they really want to bump any of them out of the rotation right now. I think you kind of want to use this year to, to play around. Ideally what the pirates would be doing right now, if they hadn't gotten beaten up so badly. Yeah. And I mean, even to an extent, they are still doing that. They still are playing around with things and getting these guys experience. And I've said it for a long time. This is when they should be doing it now that, Sadly, they're not competitive, but now you can get a pretty good sample size on guys like Henry Davis, on guys like Andy Rodriguez, on guys like Nick Gonzalez, Jared Triolo, who I believe did his hit streak end on Saturday night, I think. I believe so, sir. Yeah. So I, he has like 14 hits in his last 15 games or like it's like 14 out of his last uh, last 15 games he has a hit. You're starting to see some things here that are intriguing from this team. And now is the best time to do it because I think when we get to 2024, patience is going to start getting lost by a lot of people. And it might not be me, but I'm going to always try to be patient about this team and do my best to talk about them. We talked about additions and subtractions. We talked about the trade deadline, but let's talk about the weekend. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper MLB. Get a $100 match on your first deposit, mobile only. I always say that every time because I've had people reach out to me and try to do it online, and you can't do it. You have to download this wonderful app right here. It looks absolutely awesome. It's very easy to understand, shockingly. And you can even see the deposit match bonus. Get up to $100 right there with code locked on. think Jose Barrios is going to walk more than two people tonight. Bet on it. You don't know. Do it. It's fun. There was just a very weird noise that I just heard, and I don't know what it was. Um, anyways, Sleeper can make that happen for you because you know what? It's a very fun app. You can make good friends. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. So use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $100 off your first deposit. Currently operational with 30 sta- uh, states. Check out Sleeper today. So the weekend happened, and Gary, I might say this with some confidence, that was probably the funnest series I've watched in a while from this Pirates team. You're like, Ethan, Hitting they lost. That to you. It, some, they lost two or three. Yeah, but that first game, they were the first team in MLB to hit four home runs off of Shohei Otani. <laughs> And Henry Davis becomes the first player ever against Shohei Otani to hit two home runs in a single game at the major league level. And it was almost the complete reverse of that old meme that we always see where Shohei Otani and Mike Trout go like four for six with two home runs and six RBIs but lose. It was almost the complete reverse of that. It was, And that game was fun. The bullpen game threw me completely sideways with how the bullpen has pitched lately and seeing them pitch a shutout was very good for them. And then 
Sunday's game just got away from Mitch Keller again, which I I don't know. I'm just going to assume at this point that Mitch Keller is just going to be who he is. And it was still a fun series to see. Andy Rodriguez gets his first career home run. Uh, you see Henry Davis do some good things. And that's one thing we preach on this show all the time, Gary, is that we want to see wins or even good losses to an extent be about the young guys. We don't need to see anything from Rich Hill anymore. We don't need to see anything from Carlos Santana, G-Man Choi, Andrew McCutcheon. We don't need we know who those guys are. We want to start seeing Andy Rodriguez, Henry Davis, Nick Gonzalez, Leo Piguero kind of have that pushback that you always like to mention to what they're facing. And I think that was a little taste of it over the weekend, especially on Friday. Yeah, I think it's important to get a little taste of it every once in a while, especially from the offensive side of things, because as we head into spring, I think there are, and if you count Kutch, which I think I'm going to go ahead and count Kutch as, as being here, not only after the trade deadline, but next year as well. Yeah. You're looking at 17 players that I see having a realistic claim to making a trip north with the team out of spring. That's without any free agent additions besides Kutch. That's just under team control. That's just offensive players. I'm not even talking pitchers. So you figure they're going to bring 13 north. You already have four too many. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying, like, there's room here for them to deal from depth a little bit if they want to, as long as they've made some decisions as far as who's going to be in this and who isn't. But seeing them actually produce is what we need to see. We need to see Nick Gonzalez continue to look like, okay, I can hold down a position here in the majors. I can hit enough to warrant that. We need to see guys like Jack Sawinski continue to hit. We need to see Brian Reynolds turn things around. We need to see Henry Davis keep hitting the baseball hard. Enti Rodriguez start to turn things around a little bit. A lot of this core is here. And they may not be the core that wins it all, but they're the core that's going to come out of camp in 2024. So any offensive output this this year that we get to watch... If, as long as it's driven by the kids, that's exactly what we want. Mm-hmm. And there's still more to come to this, too, obviously. Like, next year, don't think that the call-ups are just going to stop because there's going to be guys next year that are going to make their claim for this. And I actually kind of like that, too, because it institutes the idea that just because you win the position in camp doesn't mean the position is yours for the entire year. We saw that the last couple of years where it was, okay, cool. That's our second baseman the whole year, just how it is. Yeah. But if you told me next year that with a healthy pitching staff, Quinn Priester is in the starting rotation to start the year, let's say Jared Jones starts in AAA and Quinn Priester's not playing well and Jared Jones is pitching well in AAA, Pirates aren't going to be scared to make moves like that anymore because they are getting to a point where, and I know this is going to sound completely backwards to a lot of you, Results matter now to this front office, and you can see it. Results do matter for what is happening here. They have to start seeing what they have in these guys because you can't – I know it's year four of this Ben Charrington experiment, but you can't continue to 
just let things happen, if that makes sense. And I think with the recent string of call-ups, the recent way we've seen players playing now, you're starting to see that they are instituting results into the heads of these young guys, that they have to play well to keep their spots. And that's something that's just going to continue because the Pirates, shockingly to what I say all the time, do have a pretty good farm system on paper. The farm system is still loaded. There are still guys that we have not seen yet that are going to be very good players. Should I mention Paul Skeens? Yes. <laughs> Termar Johnson is killing it in Greensboro as Gary's wearing the Greensboro hat right now. He's going to eventually enter this log jam at the middle infield if it still even is one by the time he gets here. So if you guys ask what there is to watch down the stretch of the season, watch how these guys fight back in games, even if they don't win. Even if they like they in that game uh, yesterday, it was nice to see them go. It was they go down seven to one. Was it nice to see them go down seven to one? And then they have a four run inning and they're right back in the game. And you could tell that it meant something to the kids too because they're like, okay, cool. We at least have something to think about over the final two innings here rather than just going up there and watching call third strikes like Andy Haynes wants us to do. <laughs> I think. My biggest fear next year is is mostly on the mound. Um, and the injuries had a lot to do with it. So I, I, I think it's a little bit of a mess. It's key to me in 2023 to get Luis Ortiz back up here. Um, at least see that he's made some progression, you know, at least towards fixing some of his issues or adding whatever he's trying to add. I'd really like to see Contreras make his way back up here too, but he might just be too broken this year. They don't seem to have a clue what they're doing with him. Um, and I don't even blame them. They've, they've actually seeked outside, you know, help at this point. I don't think anybody really knows what's going on with him. It doesn't seem to be a physical issue. Um, so not really sure. But you got to figure out what, what you need here. I can't see a way that they don't add two free agent starting pitchers or trade for at least a starting pitcher. You have to have two, I think. Um, even talking about Quinn Priester, I think, is aggressive mm -hmm. to think that he's going to be in that rotation. I think the only locks so far are Keller and Oviedo. And Oviedo let's face it he'll be a sophomore really next year who knows what he'll look like <laughs> you yeah. know there's i i think the pitching staff is probably the scariest of all now they have some nice horses coming but i don't know that you want to count on them when you need to win yeah it's getting to the point of winning and that's one thing i talked about after they drafted paul Skeens. pitching is usually the big issue for these teams that don't spend a lot of money they usually just or can't spend a lot of money either. Whatever, however you want to say it at that point when it comes to the money side of things. That's usually what ends up being the issue. You could even argue that Baltimore right now, who's leading the AL East, could probably use a starting pitcher or two at the deadline right now. They really they could, could. Dump, they could dump $40 million on two starting pitchers next year and still not hit $100, $100 Yeah. There's no reason... Next year, if you look at this offensive setup where most of the holes are filled, where you don't go out and, and do your due diligence and fill that with real competent starting pitchers, 
I don't care if one of them's even a reclamation guy like Vince or whatever, but you got to have, or a Tyler Anderson or Quintana, something like, or Rich Hill even. That's fine if you have a guy like that. But I want one that I'm not guessing as to whether they're going to be a rotation fixture. I, you got to you gotta get one. And they need to do it on more than a year-long basis. Yeah. A couple years, you know, somebody that's not here just to be moved. Yeah, and I think that would also be helpful for a lot of this pitching staff, too, to have a guy come in and be under a two- or three-year contract and say, hey, I'm here now. Like, what, let, let's go. Let's do it. And to add to add to that, too, I agree with that. Um, me and you definitely know we've kind of looked at the potential free agent starting pitchers, and it is kind of like a barren wasteland almost after Shohei Otani and, like, a couple other guys. But I agree with you, though. If your lineup is going to feature guys mostly on rookie deals that are hardly making any money, that's when you do this. You want to use it. You want to use an adage from other sports for people to understand this. Look at what the Steelers did over the offseason. They spent a lot more money than they usually do because they don't have thirty-seven million dollars contractually obligated to the most important position in football anymore. Do it while do it while you can. Is basically what the idea is here. Spend the money while you can because you're not spending it elsewhere yet. You will eventually, but. Might as well. Doesn't you hurt. May have, you may have a rotation worth of guys that you want to see. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to have a rotation full of guys that are going to get you where you want to go um, right out of spring next year. Just not. Um, they have a lot of guys I want to see at some point next year. Or I want to see fill a role. Or I could see potentially filling a role. Guys I'm even excited about. But when it's time to win, 2024 is time to win. 2024 is time to go for a wild card, shoot for the division, do your very best to field a team you think coming out of camp can take that for you. Mm -hmm. That's going to require professional pitchers brought in who are seasoned and not learning on the job here in Pittsburgh. At least to start the season. And then if they get supplanted by guys like Priester and Jones and Solomedo and whatever, great, great. That means <laughs> you're power doing to you. Yeah, that means something's going right. And as far as the trade deadline also goes, obviously me and Gary, I think, agree here. They're not going to be too busy. I am here once again, folks, to continue my propaganda of uh, Shohei Otani to the Baltimore Orioles. I will continue doing this every single day until it happens Um, just because I think it would be very funny to see Yankees fans squirm at the fact that Shohei Otani is in Baltimore. Um, But what moves would you like to see at the trade deadline, Gary, just across baseball, anything that you think would push a certain team over the edge or any specific player you think fits really well in a certain place? I, part of me thinks that Shohei goes to the Dodgers or stays put. Um, I think the Dodgers are just about all in on getting him next year. And I think the Giants will be in on that as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the Dodgers will win that out. And uh, they might as well get started now, right? Yeah. Um, 
I think I think they're probably the leader in the clubhouse there. There's going to be a lot of chatter about other teams and everything. But just you have to imagine Shohei wants to be on the West Coast, and I hope for him he stays out there. I, I actually think that's better for him. Just He doesn't get the national coverage that he really should. We all talk about him and everything. Baseball nuts love him. But baseball is horrible at marketing their stars. Yeah. And I, I can just tell you, he gets a lot of play from being on the West Coast. Much higher Asian population out there. And Japan is right there. And he's got a following that would be nice if they could still hold on to him and follow his career you know, as their time zones are a little closer on the West Coast. So I'd like to see him stay out there. I feel bad for the Angels. I really do, especially some of the trades that I hear being talked about where they're trying to package in Trout to get rid of him as well. Um, and and we're talking about, like, you wouldn't even be getting a huge prospect load in return because they're trying to dump contracts here. Mm-hmm. So... And, and Trout's signed for way too long, and he's never healthy. So, I mean, like, I, I can see them trying to use Shohei to get rid of Trout, but that would just be a messy, messy thing, I think, and probably oh, yeah. have people rioting in L.A. a little bit, uh, even if they went to the other side of town. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I agree with the West Coast thing, too, because I have talked to the guys at Locked on Angels, and they obviously know that, Otani has his routine. He has the way of how he does things. And they just don't think that it would really work in a place like New York or anywhere on the East Coast just because of how he does it. And I agree with you as well about keeping the fans invested in him on the West Coast because it's just easier to watch him for them. Might not be easy for us on the East Coast, but guess what? The majority of his fans are way closer to the West Coast than they are over here. Um, the whole thing with my Baltimore propaganda that I've been doing here is you, I think you figured this out about me that I absolutely love when teams rebuild their whole team, mostly organically, which is what the Orioles have done and get to a spot where I hear people say this all the time. Why would they trade for Shohei Otani for two months? Because you know Baltimore wouldn't re-sign him. Probably not. And I, I have my logic here. They have a loaded farm system that could easily make that trade happen. They're first place in the best division in baseball. And when was the last time the Orioles won a World Series? If you really, t- I mean, do you really think Nationals fans care that they suck right now? A little bit, yeah. But guess what? They won a World Series five years ago. Yeah, I mean, there's no guarantee that you win a World Series just because you go and get Shohei. I mean, that's pretty clear just based on the teams that he's been on his yeah. entire career. Um, I Again, I like Shohei quite a bit. I think he's easily the, the best baseball player that I've ever seen play, at least mm-hmm. as far as being able to do everything that he does. Um, does he fix everything for Baltimore? I don't know. I don't think he's really an ace. Uh, I don't. I mean, he's a great pitcher for for being one of the better hitters in the league. But is he, like, truly a lockdown pitcher? Yeah. I mean, if I really wanted an ace in my rotation, is he the guy I'm going after? I don't know. I, I might, but it would scare me watching what the Pirates just did to him. 
to be honest with you. Uh, as far as the way he hits, uh, you can plug him in anybody's lineup, and he's going to be one of the better hitters in the league. So, I mean, just from that standpoint, yeah, he helps. As far as Baltimore goes, though, I mean, you're looking at like they'd have to give up a Jackson Holiday probably to get this done. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that for what where Baltimore's at. I wouldn't do that for a pipe dream of winning the World Series this year. I, I just wouldn't. I actually think they need a top, top, top tier pitcher a lot more than they yeah. need the bat. Yeah, and I, I could see a Dylan Cease possibly being sure. a guy that goes there. Uh, Marcus Stroman, uh, even though that goes back to your point about the Cubs and how this wild card stuff has happened in the bad divisions. I mean, they're only six and a half back. I mean, yeah, you know. the Cubs are, have already kind of like come out and said they're, they're planning on moving some guys. I don't know about Stroman because Stroman very vocally wants to stay in Chicago and they've supposedly been talking about it. Problem is I think he wants way more than they're comfortable giving and for way mm-hmm. longer than they're comfortable giving. And they'd be intelligent not to do that, but it's the Cubs and they're not usually intelligent. Um, I think they'll move Bellinger because Bellinger's going to opt out. Yeah. He's so, going to get money. Yeah. So I think Bellinger is probably one of the bigger bats on the market. That could be interesting for Baltimore. You know, they need something like that. Maybe another professional bat. Somebody could take advantage of that short porch and, and Yankee stadium in the playoffs, you know, if the, the Yankees Yan- make the playoffs. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, if you, if you get to that point, the Yankees yeah. could look for a guy like him. Um, I don't think the Yankees are just going to go away. They're going to try. Yeah. Uh, the Red Sox, I think most people are kind of shocked by. That whole division is crazy. They could all buy. They could all kind of sell. They could do a whole bunch of different stuff, man. And And the Rays are a wild card. What do the Rays do? You know, the... They're, they could just wait to get healthy, but they're yeah. 33 and 33 in their last however many games. Their hot start dissipated almost as badly as the Pirates. Yep, and it's crazy. That's why I actually enjoy trade deadline season a lot because you just see things change at the snap of a finger with these teams, and I'll be keeping close watch on it. I believe we're doing something here at Locked On um, next Tuesday. I think we're going to be live kind of like right before it ends just to talk about certain things. So check that out. Gary is at the usuals this week. Pirates fan forum, five thoughts at five. Uh, by the way, for everybody asking, I have had people ask and Gary does say it, but you might miss it. He does the show live for Pirates fan forum on Thursday. And then it's up on Saturday video wise. Correct. Uh, it goes live on Thursdays at five. That's a live video cast. Mm-hmm. Um, that video stays up and then the audio premieres on Saturday morning. Yeah. So I had some people asking about the audio and I was like, I believe the audio comes out on Saturday, but they record on Thursdays. So if you want to see it live on Thursdays at five o'clock, go see it for me later today. At some point, Javier Reyes will be joining from locked on Padres. We're going to be talking about the pirates Padres series that we have coming up. We're going to be talking about players. The Padres could sell. I think I'd say, yeah, Juan Soto would make sense. Uh, Blake Snell, Josh Hader. The Padres are in a spot to sell now. I didn't think I'd say that before the year started. But, guys, check that out. Follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked on Pirates. Follow Gary at GaryMo 2007 
Thank you for tuning in to Gary Morgan Monday, as you always do. Have a wonderful rest of your Monday. I'll see you in about a couple of hours, but you might be seeing this and then seeing the next one in a couple of minutes. You'll see Gary next Monday. But most importantly, we'll see you on the flip side.